This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Marked Podcast. Um, I'm really excited just about our, our guest today. She has become a friend of mine over the last few years and is one that, that just truly I love learning from on a regular basis. And so um, I hope that you guys will um, will just listen up as we talk to Beth Moore today and just hear what she has to say about ministry to young women, engaging them in God's word, and just why it's so important because I think it is it's something that we, um, we've got to raise up as important. So Beth, we're so glad that you're here today. Mary Margaret, I could not be happier if my life absolutely depended on it. And what they don't know is that we can see each other because we're getting to Skype. So I am getting to see your beautiful face and just the very side of your smile makes me smile. So I'm so happy to serve with you on this podcast today. Well, thank you. It's going to be fun. And, you know, and I just really, you know, like we chatted about a minute ago, like I wanted to just talk about, you know, just as we dive right in, you know, why, you know, why it is that Bible study is so important, why it is so important that we get into God's word on a regular basis. Because I think as I, as I talk to young women, as I talk to women that I encounter, uh, you know, they're just saying like, I, I do my Bible study, but I don't know what to do besides that. I don't really know how to engage God's word or, or they're intimidated by it. And so how can we help, you know, break down some of those thoughts about about scripture being hard to approach or things like that well one thing for sure is that we have so many fabulous discipleship materials these days mary margaret that each person honestly i truly believe that god has timed us in his kingdom agenda for an all-out spiritual war. The Word of God says in Revelation 12, 12 that the enemy is furious because he knows his time is short. And we know from Ephesians 6 that the only offensive weapon that we have in our battle that is not with flesh and blood, that is with evil powers and principalities, the offensive weapon is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, um, there, so I believe that God has just honestly brought us to such an hour on his calendar that for every learning style, Mary Margaret, for every conceivable level, if, if you're just really beginning, just getting your feet wet, whether it's five minutes learning to just spend five minutes perhaps in the morning, getting a, a little bit of scripture on your mind all the way to something that you could spend an hour on or more, that whatever it might be, the, the materials are out there. God has made sure of it. That, because the power is in the scripture itself. And so there are all sorts of materials out there to take each individual woman, and of course man, but we're really thinking in terms of, of our sisters here today, each person in, in their present challenge, in their present time frame, with whatever they have, what background they may have in the scriptures or do not have, there's going to be material out there that fits them and then to keep growing with it. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, because you asked this in the first of your questions, so I want to pull around back to it. For me, do you know, I have truly been one who has had mental anguish and, and mental strongholds broken over the power of the word. Mm-hmm. I'm not 
has totally, as the psalmist said, he sent forth his word and he healed me. I, I truly am a case of that. But I've got to tell you, I did not start studying it for that reason. That I didn't realize how broken I was until a while after I began studying mm-hmm. Gracious, sometimes he doesn't tell us how messed up we are <laughs> when he first, first starts working on us. And, and But I got into it because I was in a situation to teach a Sunday school class as a sub, and I was terrible. And I had passed the point of where you can just think of what you want to talk about, find a scripture to go with it, and go into that class. I, I, I even had too much self-respect at that time of my life to think I could go just just uh, somehow swinging into that classroom mm-hmm. and I was not going to be prepared. Right. And so it was like, you woman, you've got to do something. And so I started taking a bi- my first Bible doctrine class, and that's where I really fell in love. But after that point, when I tell you then, I'd, I, from that point forward, and it's been 30 three years now, I have just never been able to get enough. Mm. And it started such a love affair with Christ through his word and did, there's been no end to the dividends, no, no end to the dividends. His word works. His Mm -hmm. word has given a girl that did not have any confidence, some confidence. Um, he, I, I was full of fear. He has used it to bind so much fear. He's taught me how to pray. Just, okay. Mary Margaret, just this morning, Mm -hmm. I had been really pressing on me some wonderful things that I could be praying out of the scriptures, taking some specific scriptures and turning them into prayer. I just did me a new list this morning to start working with in my own personal prayer time. So there's there's no end to it. Mm-hmm. But I did it because I had a class depending on it. Today I do it, and within within five days of that time, I did it because my whole life depended on it. Mm-hmm. My life depends on my walk with God in his word. And so thankfully, I absolutely love it, which I'm convinced every one of them uh, will experience if they allow him to do the thing in them. Absolutely. And that that is so... And, and so right where I was going to go with my next question to ask, you know, so many people that I talked to, like, I remember when I was in seminary, I really struggled with, with per, like separating my personal time with the Lord and my prep yes. time for a class or a paper or a lesson. Yes. And how would you encourage women to, you know, or would you encourage them to split those two things up? And what, you know, how, what are some easy ways to do that or some hard ways to do that? Okay, I love to speak to this because I think this is an imperative question because any of us who are in any situation to communicate, and you might remember when we got a chance to minister to the women in their 20s and 30s, one of the things we talked about is that no matter what gifting he's given you, all of us need to be able to communicate the gospel. We are called to witness. We are called to carry the gospel out uh, to the ends of the earth. So we all need to be able to communicate. But many of us, and and perhaps many of those listening uh, to our podcast today, Mary Margaret, are those that are currently or believe they're going to be called to be communicators. And so what gets to be a very 
very tempting thing. Every pastor, I believe, would would say that this is true for him. Every teacher, every speaker, that what gets very, very, very tempting is to turn your prayer time in the morning that was meant to be intimacy between each of us and Jesus into preparation time and that is honestly as a rule i'm talking about there are exceptions there are times when i mean all of a sudden god is going i'm about to lay this on you and you better get your pen ready mm-hmm. and that's happened to me a number of times but as a rule my my intimate time with him early in the morning through prayer and through my own Bible read, it is for me. Mm-hmm. This is Jesus and me. This is my intercessory list. This is what is going to be strength and iron, iron in my blood and, and calcium in my bones. This is what I'm doing. Now, let me tell you how I work this because very often God will speak to me during my quiet time about something that I am going to speak on or he'll add to something. Say I'm already in the middle of preparing a message and something will occur to me in my reading very often. Here's what I do. I I never know if these are helps or not. All I have to give is just what I have. Mm -hmm. I always say to women, listen to lots and lots of different people that you uh, think have a, 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 a really lively relationship with Jesus that's producing fruit. Listen to how a lot of people do it because one of them is going to resonate more than the other. But for me, I always, I have a little journal that I'm keeping my prayer requests in and keeping where I record some of my main scriptures mm-hmm. that he's that day in my quiet time. But in the back of it, I always have blank paper. And um, it, when I run out of it, I'm just about to run out because I'm coming to the end of the year. So that paper is getting is getting much much of it is written on now. So like this morning, I just got out several uh, blank pages of, of printer paper. It's over to my right. If you can just visualize this with me, here's my stuff right here. I'm doing my thing with Jesus, but this is over here because if He's got a word to speak to me about anything that I'm about to. Uh, communicate in a message, then I don't know if this makes sense. I record it separately on that piece of paper mm-hmm. and come right back to my quiet time. Yeah. It is sort of my way of saying, okay, he's giving me this moment that he's going to speak into this, but unless he holds me there, that's not where I'm staying. Mm-hmm. It's not prep time right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what, what this prep time is, is for my daily victory. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's getting me ready for my day mm-hmm. not my message yeah. uh, or else we'll lose the very thing that would have always supplied us mm. this is this this is the serpent's temptation is that we would be that we would be distracted from our intimacy and closeness and obedience to Jesus that we jump over that step and think that we're going to do this, that we can shortcut that, and that we're going to get uh, some better dividend over it, and it's never going to happen. Everything we need will flow from our personal relationship with Him. Absolutely. And I, I love that, that that distinction is so clear for you, because I think that's it gets muddy really fast. Yeah. And it and, and even for me, you know, it's it's I have to keep that separate list too for things that come to mind that I need to remember for later that like, you know, like, because if I'm not if I'm not careful, I'll end up making a I'll be making a grocery list on accident in the middle of my quiet time. And I'm like, how did this happen? 
So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the things that that I do, again, all the reason I'm throwing any of this out is if it helps anybody. Mm-hmm. When that starts happening to me, Mary Margaret, and I bet you do the same thing, I write then say to him, I talk, I speak in dialogue. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's speaking to me through his word. I'm speaking back to him. And so I'll tell him, Lord, I mean, if it were, were a grocery list, I'd be like, here, I'm sitting here jotting down mm-hmm. a gallon a of gallon 2%, Lord. I mean, help me stay focused here. Yeah. I'll definitely make, and then I'll ask him sometimes, Lord, are, are we going this, do you want me to set this aside and go here with this? Or or am I just, am I just off uh, center here? And please help me, help me be focused on you. Mm-hmm. So I just make that a matter of conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, I think too, um, the way, you know, and even what you, what you've just been sharing makes so much sense to the fact that, you know, as I've participated in a lot of Living Proof Live events over the last five years, you know, through my job and being, you know, listening to different messages, that's one thing that I think is so unique about, you know, so much of what you do is that it's a different message at every single event. And it's a different, you know, um, passage of scripture to focus on. And, um, you know, but a lot of that I've heard you share came from teaching Sunday school, you know, that, that prep that you had to do every single week. And, so oh. yeah. <laughs> absolutely there's nothing like being thrown out there over mm-hmm. and over and over again and then so much of that also coming out of my own I want to go back to that morning time with him mm-hmm. because I cannot even tell you how many messages begin right there that they would have been something that I was just exploring in in his word in my daily reading and all of a sudden my mind just starts going mm-hmm. so it's so uh so important that that stays in play and I also you know you want I, I this is definitely true um, for every for every teacher I think it's part of how you know that you have got a teaching gift if you if you discover something if a teacher discovers something she can't keep it to herself Mm -hmm. she wants to share it so for me I I don't want anyone to miss him because he is the joy of my life he is why I endure he is why I don't quit he is why I don't lose my joy I may lose it for a few minutes I may lose it for a day but I don't (laughs) lose it long because he is it so I don't want I don't want anybody to miss that. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And it just, I think so quickly can be such, there are so many distractions that try to come in all the time to keep us. And I think too, the fear that keeps us from sharing what it is that the Lord is teaching us or a word of encouragement that we've been given to share with somebody else that so often we want to go, that can't be like, that That can't be from the Lord. That just, you know, it I must be something else. That mm-hmm. I just made that uh, yes, I have to read you. I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a pair of verses that I absolutely love that comes out of Isaiah 50 verses 4 and 5. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to our listeners. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turn not backward. Of course, this is to the prophet Isaiah, and we have to look at it in its context. But the the concept that he awakens a servant with a sharp ability to hear, Mm -hmm. and that what you just said, that he is saying that he can equip us for a word for somebody who's weary. Mm -hmm. That if I get, I'm in the scriptures that morning, and I get a word, then I can 
run into somebody during the course of the day and find out that they're going through a struggle and it's like, you know what? I'm going to tell you that this verse came up in my prayer time this morning and I have got to think that he intended for me to share it with you. I mean, this is, we don't have, that's not thinking um, outside the box at all. Mm Mm-mm. He prepares us with his word so that we can encourage people. All the time. And and just a couple of weeks ago, I was reading um, out of Acts, it's the, the Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. When, yeah. you know, here the Ethiopian yeah. eunuch is riding this chariot and he's reading out of, he's reading the prophet Isaiah yeah. and he's trying to understand. And, and the Holy Spirit says, Philip, go, like go chase him down. And so he chases him down and starts asking him questions. And, you know, and the Ethiopian eunuch looks back at him and says, how can I know unless somebody tells me, unless somebody explains this to me? And I love this. That, that that is how God uses that his word truly is alive and active and that we, yeah. you know, that he, he gives us prompts to go and to say, Hey, let me help you. Let me come alongside of you. And, and I think that's why, especially for us as women, this idea of being in community and of just of being in the word together and encouraging one another that way is so vital because we, we were not meant to do this alone. No. Oh, absolutely not. And what joy it would steal from us if we tried to. What One of the things that you were just referring to makes me think of how uniquely loved and securely loved we feel when God works through timing. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. something about knowing, because when you were talking about that, 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 that the unit just happened to be on Isaiah 53. I mean, everything was all... Um, timed perfectly so that Philip could speak straight into it. And I love that. I'm not sure I ever feel more loved than when God appoints something between me and someone else, whether it's someone I know and love and have been around a thousand times. And he just, it just so happens that he gives us this moment that only he could ordain or that we're in the grocery store and run into someone and and you realize that just in the moment he had you there by the uh, canned green beans, <laughs> right? By green giant, right there that he had ordained that that woman would be standing there with her cart and for mm-hmm. what reason you would be able to see that she had tears in her eyes. Yeah. And I mean, just freaky, wonderful things like that when you know he knows I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And he does it constantly. Of course we know that, Mary Margaret, but there's something about the God of the universe who's just spoken all of creation into being that's running the entire world, that is seeing to it that every bit of his will is completed. That he's, as he said to Jeremiah, that I'm watching to see that my word is fulfilled. He's doing all of these things. And yet he takes this timing to make sure that we know I am on it, awake and alive. Mm-hmm every single detail of your life. Amen. And you know, and you and I were both sitting at the Women's Leadership Forum last weekend and heard three women share their stories just about how about God's faithfulness in each of their lives and just to the the way that we can share a testimony because I think people like the word testimony is a big freaky word for some people just to go like, oh gosh, like it's it's this big thing. It's just saying like, let me give, let me testify to what God has done in and through my yes. life. And we heard the stories of three women who, you know, God uniquely purposed and created every single one of them for, you know, such a time as this, for this season of their lives, you know, to then encourage one another by sharing what God had done in and through their life and their story. And and I think some we get so intimidated so often to share what God is doing because it doesn't yeah. feel as big or dramatic 
dramatic as someone else or it's too much or wherever it is that we feel like we're on the spectrum. But we, we have so much that we can learn from just being open and honest about where we are. Absolutely. I got to tell you, I was just talking to my staff today over lunch about how powerful Women's Forum was. Mm -hmm. And that one of the things I love best, I was telling them that I saw so many women, different ages, different generations, all just operating in their gifts and nobody having to be overly concerned about am I doing this exactly right we just got to be free and what God had called us to do and just like do the thing mm-hmm. give your offering bring bring your offering and those testimonies were so powerful one of the things that I like to share with people who are new to the faith new in telling because you're right sometimes that word testimony and they're thinking like whoa <laughs> well your story and I, I think of it in this way, I think of it. Okay, I, I want to know when I'm when I'm wanting to be prepared to be able to tell somebody about Jesus from my personal standpoint, with me as his witness in that moment. I, I'm looking for a couple of things. I'm looking to be able to tell in in brief but accurately the the story of Jesus, a little bit about my story, and then our story together. Mm. What is your story? With Jesus, how his story of how he he came, God completely, God completely, man gave his perfect life on the cross for our sins, was raised from the dead, and then here's my life, and a little bit. It doesn't even matter how dramatic or how what, just a little bit of my story. But this is Jesus and me together. Uh, that is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. That third little step gives some kind of clue in how this thing is lived out, out there. That he and I, we live this thing together, and that each of us do. And that we just find a find language to communicate our story with Jesus. Amen. And th- that's what then can be so life-changing for other people just to go, I'm not alone. You know, this, it's not just me or, you know, somebody else has been there too. And because none of us, we all want to feel like we're not the only one. And, um, and that's so often what, what our story does. And then, but to be able to more importantly share who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives and how he has been the one who has changed us. And he has been the one who has sustained us. That That's where the, the life impact comes in. That it's not just a good story or with good result, but it is, you know, it's pointing every bit of it back to Jesus. And, you know, and it makes me, you know, and I know um, the Quest Bible study just came out and, you know, but that came, you know, I've heard you share from just, just some questions that were stirring. And, you know, how, oh, yes. for women who, who may be feeling like I, you know, can I ask God questions? Can I ask him? Like, how do I wrestle through this? How would you encourage somebody who is just sitting there going, I don't know what to do with my questions? I I would love to do that because I have laughed with a couple of different people. This is only about two thirds of a joke. A third of it, I probably mean really seriously, depending upon how they define this particular wording. But I have laughed and said, well, you can tell in in that writing that I'm somewhat in an existential crisis. And uh, but that's a good time to write, girl. That's a good time to write. Mm-hmm. And that I'm just having to work some things out. It's you know one of those seasons of time characterized by this question right here. What in the ever-loving world 
is going on, mm. whether that's personally, whether that's globally, whatever it may be, whether that's in your larger family or whether that is in a work context, whatever it may be. The fact is that I had a lot of my own questions where you just look in the mirror sometimes and go, okay, have I lost my ever-loving mind or has someone else lost her? Now, not once has God ever gone, uh, someone else has lost her. You you know, I've never heard him, never heard him. But the ability to be able to ask, Mm -hmm. to feel free to go, Lord, I don't, I asked him a question. I recorded it this morning in my, in my prayer time with him. I just said, Lord, what, what about this right here? And do you know, again, he never does answer me. He sometimes will answer me straight out in the scriptures, you know, mm-hmm. through the course of my reading. But n- never hear him out loud. But you, you would not believe how often. Sometimes it just goes where I'm going to know that when I see him face to face. Other times, honestly, by late morning, I had insight into the very question that I asked him. But I just believe part of intimacy with him is that we do not fear to ask him questions. I, I. I can't be close to anyone I could not ask a question. Mm. I couldn't. I could respect them. I could even be thankful for them. I could even have a certain amount of love for them. But I, by the time I'm not free to really ask some of the harder questions, I, I'm not going to be drawn in heart to heart. Right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And he's just so faithful. And one of the points that I make in the study, because we look at him over and over again, is that, you know, the Bible is full of questions, but hundreds of them God asked. Mm. It drives the study constantly because he's asking them himself. And what makes it so intriguing is he already knows all the answers. So <laughs> there's no way that questions are always about answers. Questions are also about communication and intimacy Mm -hmm. well uh that is uh, a fun little part of it i loved every minute of it of writing it i needed every minute of writing it and it will be precious to me for a really long time Mm -hmm. and i i've got it sitting here and um and i can't wait it's my next one on my list to do um and i'm really thrilled about that but one of the things i'm super excited about too is that there's a teen girl version of it that's about to come out in december there sure does and i I love I just love that because I think it's something that moms and daughters can do together that we can encourage teenage girls to to see the questions that are in scripture and to ask those kind of questions too but that's something that's just got me really fired up right now. Well, let me tell you something. We have to do that if we want to be faithful in our discipleship with our teenage girls and I'm going to tell you why. This pattern happens over and over and over again, Mary Margaret. And in so many ways, we think as those of us who are parents, we think we're doing them a favor. But here's what happens very often. We raise our kids in the faith, answering all of their questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get it all lined out so that they, everything that's going to come up, we have it. So we don't train them to know that when you get out there in the world, you're going to hear some questions that honestly there are no earthly answers to. Mm. You're going to get old enough to ask, why is there this suffering in the world? And where is God in the midst of all this? Why would this happen to me? Or why would this happen? All these kinds of things. If they have never been trained up in 
the secure, sound, reliable answers we do have, and then trained up in knowing that the rest of that, this gray area over here, this is where faith lives. (laughs) This is where for every believer and every sojourner, part of it will always be as it was with Job. There are things going on behind the scenes that we cannot see. Mm-hmm. We may not know until we're home with Jesus. But if if they have every blank filled in in their mind and then they launch at 18 and go into a university and suddenly they are hit by every single question about how could God do this or that, they are totally unprepared. Absolutely. And I, I'll never forget, this makes me think back to when I was in high school. And I you know, and I am grateful that I was one who had women who invested in me on a regular basis, whether sure they were Sunday school teachers, my student pastor's wife, my mom, you know, but that, that just on a regular basis were pointing me towards the Lord, were getting, you know, encouraging me to be in scripture. And some of that, like I did seriously. And some of that I was like, okay, I'll do the thing, you know, because it's the thing that somebody's asking me to do. And, you know, here, I'll do my homework and blah, blah, blah. You know, but then the rubber met the road for me when one of my friends attempted suicide in high school, yes. you know, and I'm standing there going, what, what, what do I do now? What, what do I do with the truth that, that I know to be true and who Jesus says that he is and the fact that he tells me he's never going to leave me or forsake me and that he's going to be the constant, you know, and I looked around and I was like, all these people could mess, like anybody could disappoint me or could, could leave or be gone or something could change in an instant, but he, he is the one who is constant. And, and I'm grateful that I had women right around me in my circle who said, who came alongside of me and said, yep, that's true. That's true. Any one of us could fail you. Any one of us could, you know, could be gone in an instant, but Jesus is the one who is always going to be there. And, you know, and it was a hard circumstance that I didn't, I would never, you know, say like, oh, I wish that somebody could go through a hard thing so that they could better understand. But, but that is how I, that is how I learned. You know, Mary Margaret, I don't think that we can get through high school without some devastating things happening. I, I don't know. We would have to be so completely insulated. And even then, that would have to guarantee that our insulated situation was completely healthy, mm. which now you're getting, that's getting rarer and rarer. I, I just don't, I don't know how anybody could get through it. So we might as well be training them even then for what, is age appropriate and listen these days uh, they know so much more than we do about how many traps and variations of all sorts of current temptations are out there we may as well not act like they are not savvy and and that they don't have some level of cultural experience because they're already in the thick of it. They are. Honestly, the insulation would have to be extremely unusual for them not to be. So I'm all about that. Mm -hmm. I'm all about that. I love it. And that's where it makes such a, you know, and I was telling somebody not too long ago, if we can help, you know, whatever age, you know, young women to understand who they are in Christ, how he sees them, you know, women's ministry and what, you know, we see all the time, you know, through working and, you know, discipling women, it would change the landscape if we were able to get, get that truth into the, into the hearts and lives of women and help, help them to understand that at a younger age, it would change the landscape of what we do ministry wise going forward. 
It surely would. Something else that means so much to me, and it's in this very same artery, is that we also teach them what we know and believe to our bones to be the truth, and that is that He is our greatest possible joy. Amen. I love, I love to be in a church where I can look around and think to myself, yeah, if I were a 13-year-old, I'd want to be in this worship service right now. Mm-hmm. And not because it's appealing to their flesh, but because they know that they've come into the presence of one so gloriously wonderful as to be unfathomable, so close as to be on our own skin. Um, This God who spoke over all of creation and yet speaks to our own lives and and our own hearts. I I want them also to know that. It was very important to me that my girls knew that Jesus was not just the boss. He was also the biggest blast of their mother's life. Mm. It's important to me. I'm important to Amen. It just, it, it makes a difference when we can share, when we can share that with the people that are around us and when we, when they see what he's doing actively in our lives, but they're, we're, they're not going to see it if we're not doing it. And if we're not spending time and, and asking the questions and doing our part to be, not to check things off a list, but to, to, to do things that are pointing us towards Christ that are causing us to fall more and more, more and more in love with him on a daily basis. I agree. For them to see the fruit of joy and love in our lives is imperative, or they're not going to buy it. Mm-hmm. I think something that might be fun for them to know, Mary Margaret, is how we got to know one another. Yes. There is something incredible about being part of a team. I really, let's speak into this because. I think that one of the things we have going in our culture right now in in a really celebrity-oriented culture and even Christian culture, anything that we see out in the larger culture in in the West is going to also bleed into the church because we walk into the church and it walks in with us. Mm -hmm. And so we have to fight the same things. They may take on, hopefully they take on a little different form, but we're going to have to fight the same things that they fight out in the world. One of them is that, that desire to just be like known and to be spotlighted and to be, to have that, that kind of, of fame and to kind of just be like on like this, this one heroic person and in the body of Christ that has no place Mm -hmm. because literally we can't even function in our gifting by ourselves. Your spiritual gifts and my spiritual gifts are given for the body of believers that are in our sphere of influence and theirs are for us. Our gifts may have been given to us, but they are not given for us. And so the only way we're ever going to develop them and the only way we're ever going to know the joy of Christ in community is to be parts of teams. Mm-hmm. And it may be like, say for instance, at Living Proof Live, I okay, I may be up there speaking by myself uh, for that for that little segment of time, but we are very much a team. There must be, I don't know what, 40 of us when we all come together oh, for yeah. 
of group picture or any kind of prayer or any kind of devotional. There are a lot of us. And so what we got a chance to do, it puts you, when you're on teams, especially if they're uh, multi-generational, you get to know people that you would not have just run into otherwise. Mm -hmm. We can be in situations where we are so um, oriented into community by those who are like us, whether if we're single, then we run around with our, our friends with singles, our same sort of age, or we can do that with, um, if you're a, a mom with young kids, well, then you can just hang out with all the moms with young kids. I get that in every way. But when we're part of a community of, of local believers, or we come together on a team like for any one of these events, we're thrown then into a multi-generational situation where we get to know one another and fall in love with one another mm -hmm. and never perhaps have crossed paths. And that's when older women and younger women that might never have expected to develop a relationship. That's how we uh, came to love each other so much. It is. It, we just got to be together at Living Proof Live that Ron uh, that runs security and and David Lowe that drives the car. They wanted a woman in the car and so that puts you in that seat and then it just we were so had so much of the same taste in music <laughs> and scriptures that we loved and and so it forged a, a very dear and sweet friendship. And I just wanna say that to women listening today. Whether they are in high school, whether they are in, in college, whether they are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, the beauty of it is that we get to work together. We do. And we don't want to miss that opportunity. Mm -hmm. There's something about it that is so special because it just was meant to be for the generations to lock arms like that and find out that, oh, my word. We would love each other so much if we give one another a chance. Amen. And that's, um, I love that. And a couple of weeks ago, I was at home in Orlando um, for a wedding shower. And um, and my one of my mom's best friends called and left me a voicemail the other day. And she said, I just love that most of the women who were there were my age. And because she's she's in her mid-60s. And, and most of the women, there were a few of my friends there, but most of them were, were my small group leaders. They were my mom's friends. They were friends, oh, wow. like some of my friend's parents. But I'm sitting here going, these are the women who invested in me, who yes. who watched me grow up, who helped raise me, who who came alongside of my family, and I'm so grateful that they that they would do that, and that then they would take the time now to to make time to be together like that, and and I think. Just as you're saying that just this important to take take advantage of whatever opportunity is right in front of you to learn from someone else, whether they're older, younger, um, whatever stage of life, because that's that's how we grow. And it's how we we experience that that idea of being a part of the body of Christ is coming together to do these it's things. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's a beautiful thing. And see what I know about them is that they cherished every second with you. Mm -hmm. uh, young women make me feel make me feel livelier they make me laugh and throw my head back and get tickled about all sorts of things make me think and make me have to really press in there to have to answer some questions and I, I just love it and I'd also say to somebody in any kind of community give one another a chance even if right off the real you aren't necessarily feeling a lot of like-mindedness mm -hmm. i think some of my most fulfilling relationships 
have come with people I had to work a little harder. Oh yeah. With that they were not the ones. You know, there's there's that one that you meet. You go, oh, I mean, this is my BFF. I, I was meant. I mean, this is who. It's like a soulmate here. <laughs> there are those. That's so fun. That's mm-hmm. so fun. But there's something else about hanging in with somebody and working it through and you're kind of like I don't know we're sort of like sandpaper to one another (laughs) but when you make it and somebody else comes along and says she's kind of like an odd person you're like I love her so mm-hmm. much. I have come to love her so much. I love that. Me I think too. that's very fulfilling. It is. And it just is a part of of us, you know, gleaning from one another and leaning in with one another yeah. and just saying, you know, you're a part of all of this too. And and Jesus doesn't love me any more than he loves you. And like, and I need to learn some of the reasons why he loves you so much because it doesn't, it may not be the most natural thing on the planet, <laughs> but first, you know, but like, he loves you just as much as he loves me. And so I'm going to try to find some of those reasons why <laughs> that sounds terrible. I think now that I've said that out loud, but, but some, some people are not as easy. They're not no, as easy, but it's worth it. Oh, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. And there is this wonderful verse in first Thessalonians that Paul says that I think about, maybe it's just the way that I memorized it. And that's the reason why the wording jumps out at me over and over again and it's in the ESV but he talks about so that we may supply what is lacking in your faith mm. and I, I love that because what I think because we're we're still lacking until we see the Lord Jesus face to face and so I believe that the way he ordains our lives and the way he shifts us in various parts of community and in life and in our workplace and in all that he's doing in, in all sorts of relationships that are, whether they come uh, difficultly to us or joyfully to us, that he's constantly working to supply what is lacking. Mm. And what's lacking doesn't mean that um, that we refused it. It just means we're not done yet. Yeah. We're constantly growing and or constantly being challenged to. And so I try to look at at my situations and I try to look at the people that this present season has introduced me to that even when it's difficult, okay, something about this situation is supplying something to me. Mm -hmm. There's something he's working on something fresh in me that is, that still needs, needs uh, some attention. And this is going to be, this is going to be to my good. And that helps me a lot because I'll think if it's somebody, if if I'm having to be with somebody that I feel like brings out the worst in me, then I think to myself, well, that's because Jesus is trying to bring out the worst. In other words, he's trying to surface it. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, I'm going to bring it to the surface, Beth, so that you have to deal with it because what I really want to do is I really want to skim it. Exactly. exactly. And I, I take it off. Take it off. Mm-hmm. But uh, th- these are things that just help me. So good. So oh, relationships—that's the hardest <laughs> part of life, isn't it? It's really not circumstantial as much. It really is relational. It is, and it's—it's it's it's the hardest and the best part. It's the the sweetest, yeah. yeah, and but just not 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 always easy. Not always easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> well, as we kind of wrap up, I, you know, you 
are one who, you know, you do interviews on a regular basis or answer questions. Is there some question? Because I don't know if you're like me, that if, if somebody, if I know somebody's going to be asking me some questions, I try to think in my head, what could they be asking? Like what, you know, maybe yeah. where are they going to go? Is there some question that nobody ever asks you that you would want to answer? Like that you're like, maybe they'll ask this and they never do. Like what is there? I know that's a big question to ask and it may, you have to think about it, but you know, is there some question that nobody ever asks you that you would want to answer? Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so good. Hold up. Let me think for a second. <laughs> on, on a, I'll think of something on a serious note, and I'm just going to have to believe that God is going to use it for somebody listening, and maybe we'll even hear from them. I think if somebody pressed me, I don't know how often somebody would be bold enough to ask this kind of question. But if somebody said, if you, did you ever think, was there ever a time in your life that you thought really honestly, life is not worth it. Mm. And, uh, there really was, there probably have been a couple of times, but my most serious time I can remember going through a tremendous hardship. I remember even being in high school and thinking, I honestly, I don't think I can bear life. And of course, it was it was a lie, and it was the a, a lie from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is life and life more abundantly. So anything that is speaking that kind of darkness and death over us is not is not of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important for someone to know. And I, I fell back into another season of real despair in my early thirties. As well, both times. Now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had the guts to do anything about it. But I can remember thinking, I wish so much that I could go to sleep and never wake up. Mm. I was Lord, and I would tell him, I would tell him so often, I just, I just want to be, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. I just want to be home with you. And I, he was like, you know what? I have a job for you here. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that maybe I would be among some of the leaders that women might think would never have those kinds of thoughts because I am a really happy person and I really am Mm -hmm. and I enjoy and I really do. I think maybe she would think Beth has never felt that way, but actually, Oh yes, I have. Mm. Oh, I have. And there was always something on the other side of that bearing up of that very difficult enduring, of that getting through where you're just flat out making it on on Jesus Christ alone. Mm-hmm. There's something that that brings you. You never want to go through it again, but there's something that brings you that that is worth more than all the money in the world could buy. And that is, Mir Margaret, I want to say this as clearly as I know how. I don't just believe that Jesus exists. I know that he does. Mm-hmm. Amen. I I know him. I've had to live on him. You can't go through a time like that, get to the other side of it, know that you have survived it on Jesus and somebody be able to convince you, well, you know, that was an imaginary friend. I don't have, my imagination is not healthy enough to have carried me like that. Mm. 
So I, I have, I wonder about a lot of things as to whether or not Jesus Christ is the Son of God and exists and is daily and minute by minute, moment by moment, second by second, involved in my personal life, I am positive. Mm. I do not think it. I don't just believe it. I am positive of it because he and I have gotten through things together that no amount of positive thinking could have carried me through. So as difficult as that question is and as serious a turn as that took, I'm going to trust him with that and say, no one's ever asked me, did you ever come to a place where you thought you did not want to live? The answer to that is yes, at least two very clear times in my life. And I am so thankful I did not listen to the enemy. What I decided to do instead is I'm no longer going to live this life. Mm-hmm. Swing on with the life that Jesus has for me on the other side of this very difficult situation. I'm going to trust him to carry me through. And he did it every time and he will do it for them. Amen. He is faithful to do that. And just, and he has got purpose in every single one of us and and where he's taking us, where he's directing us. And he, you know, um, he, he's faithful to do it. And so I'm grateful for that. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful for you. Thank you just for, for your time today and for sharing with us. I love it, Mary Margaret, and I love you, and I will look so forward to being able to share this when you put it out there. Amen. Well, thank you so much. And I hope that you guys will um, will continue to connect with us at Lifeway Women. You can find um, notes from today's show at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. Um, we'll link to um, to the Bible studies that we talked about and to events and things like that. So you can connect back with us. Um, and we will see you guys next time on the Marked Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.